Well, this is my new podcast called Mindful Mud. I'm here with... Uh, <laughs> That's a good name. Um, Telephone, Telefee, Josh. Um, how do you pronounce your last name again? Eustace. Eustace. Cool. Yeah. So the last time we... Well, the first time we met, you were reminding me that 2009 mm-hmm. is when we... Uh, combined forces at um the cavern this is correct and um that was such a rad show because it was probably one of dallas's finest dive bars yeah it was a fun night and yeah and you guys killed it and yeah that show landed in our lap and we're super grateful for that to happen um so you so this is 2017 now we're at dada in the green room, and this is, well, what, this is the first time back? First time back in Dallas since then, yeah. So what have you been up to? Uh, I kind of took time off from working on my own music and worked on some music in Chicago for a little bit, and then, then I moved to L.A. in 2011, and I uh, was working with Maynard Keenan on, on his Pussifer project engineering and mixing all that stuff and playing in the band and then uh, did that for a couple years and then in 2013 did uh, uh, join Nine Inch Nails and toured with them for like a year. What year was that again? 2013. Okay. Then 2014 um, I put out out a record under the name Sons of Magdalene. It's kind of like synth poppy dark stuff. Different than Telephone Televive. Not as... uh, not not as hi-fi. Um, and then 2015, just lay low and wrote a lot of music. Um, wrote the first Second Woman record with my buddy Turk from New Orleans. That came out a year later in 2016. And then in 2016, started playing shows as Telephone Television again. And, uh, and playing shows with Black Queen. That record came out... Uh, I think in 2016 also. And then um, earlier this year, the second Second Woman record came out and then the first Telephone Tel Aviv single in, you know, eight years came out earlier this year on 79 Ancestors. So what what band is that? That's Telephone Tel Aviv. Okay. But you said Second Woman. Oh, Second Woman. That's my other project with, uh, with Turk Dietrich. That's on Spectrum Spools. That's a Editions Mago. Yeah, it's a record label that's a sub-label of a sub-label of Editions Mago, and it's run by a dude named John Elliott, who used to be in a band called Emeralds. And uh, that's like kind of weirdo outsider instrumental electronic stuff. We've done two full lengths and one EP, working on a new EP right now, while I'm working on uh, another Black Queen EP, and while I'm working on the Telephone Television full length. So Black Queen is that just? That's uh, that's Greg Pucciato from Dillinger Escape Plan, mm. and uh, and Asian Steve Ryan. That's th- it's their project, and and uh, they kind of brought me in as a producer, and now I'm kind of I write melody every once in a while and help them arrange the songs and mix it all and stuff like that. So what Playing are you are you doing Pro Tools or? Mm, no, no, it's mostly Logic and Ableton, depending okay. on depending on what needs to get done. Right, you know. And then are you? Just doing analog through a board, or uh, I st- I haven't mixed through the board since 2014. The last thing I did on the board was uh, the MRS2 record on Days, mm. and then uh, and the Youth Code EP around the same time. Okay, 
was the last stuff I mixed on the board. Since then, I've been doing in the box stuff because okay. it's been getting real good. Right. Getting real good. Dialed in. Yeah. Um. So you're in Dallas. You're on the road with actress. Yeah, three shows in a row. With actress. So just three? Are you not on a major tour with them? No, or? no, no. I don't. I don't know what his. I don't know what Darren's touring schedule is like, but mine's a. I'm just doing these three. Okay. And then I gotta go back to LA. And then I'm on a Com Trues DJ tour for about two weeks. Wow. North America. So, um, we're talking a little bit about um, mental health. Yeah. And being a musician, being on the road, and all those kinds of things. I mean, I think. My last, in 2014, I did a West Coast tour three weeks, and that's kind of like when my flip kind of switched, and um, just had a crazy just episode. I've kind of gone into it on the podcast, but I mean, what what have you done to kind of coping mechanisms or things to kind of keep your head straight um, throughout the years? A few things. Um, forcing myself to get on a schedule. Yeah. Not sleeping all day. Okay. I I go through these periods of like when I'm writing where I work right all night and then sleep all day and it's good for creativity for a couple weeks but then it starts to get really depressing and you don't see anyone and you're isolated from the rest of the world and you don't see the sun and uh, and you don't go on you're not going on hikes or anything like this and you know whatever it is that you do when you live in LA where I live and uh and it it takes a mental toll on you emotional toll so I I like to get up early so if I I need alone time I get it early in the morning you know six seven o'clock in the morning wow kind of stuff well how does that how does that fit in with the late night is this like when you have off this is when I'm off yeah because when you're on tour you're forced to be up late right and so when I'm forced to be up late, the, the two things are the most important thing for me now. I'm 40. So being on tour, I don't drink. Or if I do, it's one drink, maybe. But generally, I don't drink. And making sure that I sleep at least three or four hours a night. At least. Just get in a bed and go to bed. Yeah. Try to. Because sometimes, I mean, you might have to get up at six when you finish the show at one. Maybe you get to the hotel at two or whatever. Just go to bed (laughs) well how it's done wonders for me man yeah that's i mean i think that's probably a big part of mine is the schedule like how was it hard to switch over to getting up early i mean like yeah man i mean it's like it's a matter of self-discipline and stuff like that and i'm shit at self-discipline yeah i think it's i'll eat i'll eat all the french fries you know what i'm saying so i don't have a lot of self-discipline but this is something I really kind of forced myself to do. And, uh, and I mean, with drinking and stuff, that was, I got lucky because it's really hard to stop drinking, but I started to feel like shit immediately as soon as I'd start drinking. So it was, I knew I would feel better if I just drank a bitters and soda instead. Right. So I got lucky there. A lot of people don't have that luxury of being able to just feel disgusting when they drink and they feel good when they drink. So they don't want to stop drinking. And, uh, and I think that's the case for most people. And uh, Jesus, man, I have a lot of empathy for that because 
it's fucking, it's brutal. I have a lot of friends that have, you know, problems with addiction and substance abuse and stuff like that. And alcohol is just as sinister as the rest of them, man, yeah. you know? So it's fucking nicotine. Yeah, man, nicotine. Man. <laughs> it's fucking bad. I, like, I smoke on tour. I don't smoke when I'm at okay. home. But, um, what about exercise? Exercise is fucking huge, and I wish I had more time to do it. And I keep not doing it, but I go through phases where I go to the gym and I just get on the treadmill and run. I just like to do cardio. But even if I can't do that, like I'll try to just go on a little hike every once in a while. I definitely don't do that often enough. Like, right. I, need, I need to do that a lot more because it's like, ugh, I don't want to do this. And you have to like force yourself to do it. But then once you've done it, you're like, fuck, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. My body feels good. I got to like use my muscles and like clear my head and sweat out some whatever toxins or whatever, you know. Well, yeah, no, I know. I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, I think it's huge. I mean, I, for myself, it's definitely, you know, I need to get on, I think I need to get on a schedule. That's like the biggest thing. And the, the thing that's tough for me is this like, I have so much time. You yeah. Know? Like I have so much time, like getting up early, it's like, then what the fuck do I do? I mean, I, I have so much time to be productive and do shit, but at the same time, it's just like, well, what do you do? Well, then you then you go on a walk, man. Yeah. You know, you. that's the beauty of having the whole See, I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, so I have to make But time. you're working on shit, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm constantly working on yeah, shit. Yeah, so... I work every day. I work seven days a week. Yeah. And that's definitely something um, that I do not do. Um, See, I don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. So. No, I. I mean, it. look, I, you know, maybe I don't accomplish anything. You know, when I say I work every day, I attempt to work every day. It's maybe a more accurate way to say it. Sometimes on a Sunday, man, I'll I'll start working on something. In forty-five minutes, an hour in, I'm like, this ain't fucking going nowhere. No. And then I just get up and walk away, and right. I'll go do something else. Maybe I take the rest of the day off. Maybe I'll go. You know. Like I said, maybe I'll go on a hike. I like to go to the movies. I go to the movies a lot. Yeah. I see, like, every movie that comes out. What's your When's your birthday? July. July. So you're a cancer? Yeah. Okay. So I go to the movies a lot. Um, you know, I go clear my head. Yeah. Read, play video games if I'm stuck, you know. But uh, I at least make some attempt to do something related to work on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, honestly, also, a lot of my... I get up early now because I have like clerical work I have to do every morning. Right. Sending invoices and booking flights for tours and shit. That's like what that. your manager's for. No, well, I mean he does some of that. <laughs> he arranges all that, but like as far as the travel shit, I still do all that. Yeah. He's that's gonna change though. I think I think I'm gonna start making Zane yeah. all the travel. Yeah, there you go. I'm tired of doing it. I'm just really good at it, and I know exactly what I want, and I'm. I can instantly make a quick decision of like, oh, this flight's an hour earlier, but it's 80 bucks cheaper. Okay, fuck it. I'll just, I'll fly earlier and buy myself a nicer seat or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So how is it, you said you've known Trent Reznor for a while. Yeah. First time to be on the road with him and work for him. Uh, I mean, no, we did some collab stuff together in 2000. Uh, Charlie and I. Did uh did remixes on the Things Falling Apart EP, which came out after The Fragile. It was remixes of songs from The Fragile. And then, uh, and that was in like 2000. And I didn't see him again. I'd see him on and off every once in a while. Like, oh, hey, what's up, dude? And then uh, I hadn't talked to him in like probably five or six years. 
and uh, and Alessandro Cortini, who was a buddy of mine, was a keyboard player. He said, "Hey, did Trent's trying to put together a new band? I want to put your name in the hat." And uh, and so he he put my name in the hat, and Trent was like, "Oh yeah, okay, cool, yeah, get let's let's get a meeting and let's see what we can do." And uh, we met up with him, and he was like, "Hey, dude, you want to join my band? You know, come on tour." I was like, "Yeah, fuck, sure, <laughs> okay, let's do it." And so we did. We talked a little bit before, and you said it was kind of a stressful thing, just because he's, you know, I mean, like, well, stress in the way that, like, I mean, it's just a high pressure thing. Yeah, you, know? you can't, you can't suck. You, you can't gotta deliver. You, yeah, you got to be on point all the time. And like the other dudes in that band are like amazing musicians. You know what I mean? And I'm like, not that amazing of a musician. Like I'm all right. I can play some things, but those guys are all like phenomenal. So I had to. It was a lot of rehearsal for me, man. I had to really like learn how to play guitar again, learn how to play bass again. You know, I had to get better as a physical player and stuff. Right. It was high stress, man. Yeah. But uh, but I liked it, man. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot, you know. So when, um, for those who might not know, when did Telefon Tel Aviv start? Nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. And how many releases do you have? Depends on what you mean by release. Um, let's say. EPs, there's... Albums and EPs. Albums, there's three. Then there's a whole full length of remixes. There's an, uh, there's an EP. There's a uh, couple of little things. That, I mean, I did the I did a song on on K7 for Operat's DJ, uh, DJ Kicks thing. Um, Is that, that different... Um... Are you talking about the remix you did for him, or mm -hmm. yeah. no, no, no? But no, I did, different. I did a song called "Lengthening Shadows." It was an original song that I made for that mix specifically. Oh, okay. He's like, "Hey, can you make me something original for this mix?" I said, "Yeah, man, I'll do it." Um, and I was kind of in a good headspace to write something. I was, it was like a year after Charlie had died, and I was like, "All right, I need to get this out." Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I did that, and then, uh, then the new song last year or earlier this year on. 79 Ancestors. So. So first, well, you, you talked about um, Fahrenheit? Yeah, Fahrenheit got reissued last year, uh, December last year on Ghostly. And vinyl, full vinyl package? Yeah, like double LP, the whole shit. So you're kind of promoting that right now? Yeah, so um, this is like, this is like a, a year in, the tail end of kind of touring on the, uh, on the reissues of, uh, of Fahrenheit, Fair Enough, and Map of What Is Effortless. So you're on Ghostly International. Yeah, they did the reissues, yeah. Are you currently with them? Yeah, I mean, yeah. they did the reissues. That's okay. where it's at. I mean, I guess if I'm working on a new record, and I'm sure they'll hear it first, so. Yeah, I mean, what? It's, is Comtruce with them now? Mm-hmm. Comtruce, Tycho. Tycho. Beacon. Matthew Deer. Matthew Deer. Beacon, Shigeto. Um, uh... Yeah, man. Heather Pearls. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. It's a big sure. label now. Oh, yeah. Dabry got a new one coming out, the third of the trifecta that he's doing. That's going to be a great record, I'm sure, as a single is fucking insane. Dabry. Yeah, it's awesome. How do you spell that? D-A-B-R-Y-E. Okay. Game changer in hip-hop, man. Really? So you got a yeah. hip-hop artist on Ghostly? Well, he's a producer. Oh, okay. He works with MCs, but as far as beat science goes, like he's totally an innovator and has been since 
2000. You know, really? Yeah. And some of the artists he's worked with. Well, he's got Danny Brown on his new oh, single, wow. for example. Um, but he's worked. He worked with Jay Dilla. He's, oh shoot! Yeah, I mean, he's. So is he a Chicago guy? No, Ann Arbor, Detroit guy. Oh, okay, Detroit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you've been a busy boy since I've seen you last. Yeah, pretty busy. Um, that's so awesome, man. I was so stoked about this show. I put it on the calendar as soon as I saw it, like in September. That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see the set, dude. It's just you tonight, right? Yeah, it's just me. Um, what so where can we where can we find you? Uh, all that stuff, all everything's digitally available now. Um, so Spotify and iTunes and all that shit, it's all up there. Um, and, uh, and then I have these three shows in Texas, um, with Actress, tonight Dallas, tomorrow Austin, Saturday's Houston. Okay. And then, uh, and then next week on Wednesday, I start in Minneapolis on the Contrast Tour. We'll okay. be DJing. He's DJing, I'm DJing, we're, we're gonna play tunes. Y'all coming back down or? Mm-mm. No? This All is north? like kind of north in Canada and okay. that stuff. Um, where can they find you on the socials? Telephone Tel Aviv. Yeah, T T E L E F O N T E L A V I V. That's the handle. Is there? I normally like to try to end the song or end the podcast with a song. Is there a song I could play off Spotify or? Yeah, you could. Um, if you want, you could play the new one. Yeah. Fuck it. It's called Something Akin to Lust. Is that on there? It's on Spotify. Okay. It is on there. So what... So is this like... You got one single out as a precursor for this new it's record? It's kind of a... It was kind of a... Hey. Yeah, I'm still hey. here. And then uh, and then there'll, there'll be an album single coming out soon, trademark. Yeah. Um, and then a full length, I think, next year when it's done. How many songs are you trying to do? It's going to be exactly nine songs. About 50 minutes, 45? It's not going to be 50. Um, I like to keep it under 45. Okay. But I reserve the right to change my mind. Yeah. And we'll see how long it is when it's all, you know. Right. When I finish it. It ain't done yet. So you, you're saying that, um, we talked a little bit earlier as well, that you're from New Orleans? Yeah. What part? I was born in Uptown. Spent most of my life there. Then back and forth between, you know, I'd spend like weekends in Thibodeau, which is like out on the bayou. But went to school and lived in New Orleans. And uh, yeah, man, I moved moved out when I was 24. Okay. So it didn't uproot any of your family, like from Katrina and stuff? Uh, I mean, we got totally fucked in Katrina. But uh, I mean, like my parents' house, the water main broke and the shit was busted up for like six months. They couldn't live there. They got it fixed. My sister and her husband, they lost their house. They had to move. They lost, the, the whole house was done. Both cars, the house. Wow. My brother wasn't there at the time. My younger sister lives in New York, so she wasn't there either. And I was bouncing around. I, I mean, my studio was in my parents' house at the time. And uh, my gear survived. No way. Second floor, it survived. That's so. a huge blessing. Yeah, man. So, growing up in New Orleans, I mean, was 
there's nothing but great music out there, but I mean, not a whole lot of electronic music. Yeah, you're right about that. It's great music town if you like Dixieland. James. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a bit of a dark spot music scene wise now, just because there's not somehow it's weird. There's two colleges there, but bands play there, and it's like the smallest show on the tour or something. Yeah. I don't know. I could never really put my finger. But you on. do have Voodoo Fest and jazz. There's Voodoo Fest. Yeah, sure. But I mean, that's like yeah, but it's... Voodoo Fest is leading rats to a trash can, man. That's yeah. not hard. You know what I mean? Like you book the fucking Foo Fighters. Yeah, a bunch of people yeah. gonna show up. No, for sure. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, that's like, as far as, you know, diverse, as like modern stuff, really, that I yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, look, New Orleans isn't really that diverse of a music town. Like, yeah. There were there was a time period where there was like awesome rock bands there. There was this band super group that was like, you know, okay, think like back before like the Strokes and like all these bands that kind of were like back to basics rock bands that came up in like 2000, 2001, 2002. Supergroup was like kind of post T-Rex, not glam, because they weren't like corny. They were like just a good rock band. That's what they were called, Supergroup? Supergroup. Okay. And uh, sort of making fun of themselves in a way, like not taking themselves too seriously, but they're like, the songs are good and the band was like really tight and they were like, it was a great live show. And they did that shit forever. Now they're all doing other shit, you know what I mean? Like uh, that one dude, uh, I don't know him too well, but this dude Benji was a guitar player. It's a brother, two brothers. Benji's the one that I kind of knew and he like was a bartender forever at this bar and he ended up buying the bar and then he ended up like turning that bar into like the bar <laughs> and now it's like fucking rammed every weekend and then he opened a fucking restaurant and a coffee shop and he's like now he's like a fucking mogul you know what I'm saying yeah. uh, dude's killing it he's got the best coffee shop in New Orleans he's got the most rammed bar that's like for kids that go to college that aren't assholes that want to listen to cool music they go to his bar wow. called the saint um, the saint but new orleans is a weird town for music like i mean you know i heard kalela played to like 100 people there wow. she fucking sells out the el rey in la you know what i mean it's like new orleans is just weird where did y'all play you said you we played at republic okay. uh, which is like it's probably too big of a venue for me now at this point but uh you did it's that with actors? Great, great sound system. No, 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 no. This was a telephone Tel Aviv gig. Okay. Um, great well, like five hundred. It's like a it's like a four fifty cap room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, man. I liked it. It's a good room. Great sound system. Well, what did you see the new Blade Runner? I did. What did you think? I thought the movie was rad. I hated the music. Really? Yeah, I hated it. God, you think they would, like, get fucking Survive on it or something. <laughs> I mean, Survive, that's a little bit too, like, hitting the nail on the head for me. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, uh, Survive doesn't need to do anything else. They can continue to just do the Stranger Things thing. <laughs> yeah. they those guys will be okay. Um, I mean, they could have got Vangelis to do it. My thing was that it wasn't, the music wasn't. It wasn't really, hip enough. It wasn't romantic enough. Ah. It's not about being hip. It's just about being romantic. Okay. It wasn't romantic enough. The movie looked, the movie was rad, though. Do you know who did scored the first one? Vangelis, dude. Okay, my Come bad. on, bro. Sorry, sorry. Fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Vangelis. Go, Vangelis. Go listen to the fucking original Blade Runner score, everybody. Get yes. familiar with it. It's a classic. So the three hours, you watch it in the theater, three hours? Yeah, I, yeah, I did. I sure did. I loved it. 
I need to check it out. I'm just. I hated oh. the music though. Yeah. Just too many Hans Zimmer. Mm. Come on, dude. <laughs> oh man. You know, whatever. Is there anything else um, you're looking forward to? Watching, seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing Star Wars on the 15th. Oh, when yeah. I, the day I get home from tour, we're going to see Star Wars that night. What up? By yourself? No. no. You got a, a home home chick? Yeah, yeah. I'm taking her. I'm taking my stepson. We're gonna go. We're gonna go see. Uh, How long you been with her? Three and a half years, man. Nice. It's been a minute. So what? Would you have any... She doesn't know this yet, and what? she's probably not going to see this, but she doesn't know she's about to get a ring, too. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm picking that bitch up on Monday. Damn. Yeah, as soon as I get back Josh, from Josh, drop kicking, some knowledge. I'm kicking her out of the house. I need to, like, distract her so that I can drive to Santa Monica and pick up the ring on Dude, Monday. Dude, congrats. When are you going to air this? You're not going to air this before Monday, right? No, okay. no. Okay, yeah. So I'll air it, yeah. I'll air it Monday for you, then. Yeah. Um, dude, that's awesome, dude. Congrats. Pretty, I mean, I think... Pretty sweet. I mean, I I don't know. Like, I just got... I just broke up out of a seven-year relationship oh, in August. Yeah, and it's brutal. I know. It was... The, the cool thing, though, it was mutual. She wanted to have kids, and, you know, I'm just like... I'm still trying to figure my shit out, like... It's hard to have kids when you kind of still are one, you know? That's how I yeah. feel. That's why I don't want to have a kid, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm... She had a kid from a previous marriage, and he's awesome, and he's 14 already, so yeah. it's like, it's On chill. On way out. It's chill. I don't have to change diapers and f- lose sleep or anything. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll lose sleep because I got to get up, I got to take him to school and shit, but it's fine. But, like, the marriage thing, I mean, you are now 40, like, is that... Yeah, come was, on, dude. Yeah, I mean... Doing? What are we yeah. doing here? Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, at 36, at my age, I mean, you weren't thinking about marriage, were you? No, no, man. I had just gotten out of a four-year relationship and was fucking freaked out. And my head, my head wasn't screwed on. I was preoccupied with nine-inch nails and all that stuff. I didn't, I didn't want to think about a relationship. But once all that, once that tour finished, and I like kind of came down and realized where I was at, and I started to see where I was at, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm trying to just get reacclimated. And, you know, just try to really get my head around this, you know, anxiety and depression like I've mentioned it before. But, I mean, I do appreciate your encouraging words on that. I I definitely need to take those things. My therapist has said the same thing, scheduling and getting up before noon. That shit helps so much, dude. You know what also helps is hitting a punching bag. Yeah. Learn how to to throw a couple... I I did Kung Fu for a while, this guy, and... uh, this guy in LA, Eric Carr, he's awesome, he's an ass kicker, and uh, and I, I can't go because it's Saturday and Sunday mornings, and I'm fucking gone every weekend, so I can't go to the class. But whenever I go to the gym, I try to hit the bag. I try to remember what 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 he taught me and hit the bag. Have you gotten Get into some MMA at all? No, I'm not too into oh, MMA. Yeah. I mean, it's cool, but it's not really my thing. I like the ball sports. Right. I like the sports balls. Yeah, I feel you. I've I've recently got into it just because my best friend has gotten into it, and yeah. it's just like a bonding, you know. Just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that. I got a lot of friends that like, oh, the fight. We're gonna watch the fight. We're watch the fight. Yeah, you know. But I mean, even um, you know, it's just still that 
that artistry and that element of you know being, oh for sure dude yeah being active and using your mind and your body and um yeah i mean i'm a big fan and really it's been inspiring is you know joe rogan yeah. trying to get into this stuff and if you ever get a chance you should check out his latest podcast maybe uh, a week or two ago with billy corgan Oh man, and I don't know if I can handle Billy Corgan, but I'll, maybe I'll listen to it. Yeah, you should. I mean, he, he Billy Corgan kind of drives me up the wall, but what as an artist? Just as a dude, no. I mean, I mean, have you his read whole, it? His whole thing, no, man. He fucking pissed me off, like because when Live Nation and fucking Ticketmaster merged and it fucked the entire music industry, he was like, "Yeah, it's a good thing." It's like, no, fuck you, dude. Oh, that it's is not kinda, a good thing. That's pretty. It's surprising. a fucking terrible monopolistic shit thing. And it, it doubled ticket prices for fans. Bands don't see a fucking dime of it. And now, that whole fucking racket, they've got StubHub, which they also own. And they buy their own fucking tickets to their own fucking shows that the artists can't access and the fans can't access. They'll buy like a thousand tickets to their own fucking... They were doing this to Trent, man. They buy like a thousand Nine Inch Nails tickets and then put them on StubHub for triple the price. It's a fucking monopolistic bullshit. Yeah. Ticketmaster can get fucked. Live Nation can get fucked. All those... They can all get fucked. Seriously, yeah. and Billy Corgan coming out and saying this is great. Now, nah, fuck you. You're a fucking asshole. You're wrong. I'm, You're straight up wrong. I mean, it's not good. Yeah. yeah, and it's not good for artists either. No, you know what I mean. It's yeah. not good for the fucking artists. It's the worst though for the fans. Yeah, because now fans like, oh, it's a hundred dollars to go to this concert. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. When the actual ticket price is like thirty bucks. Right. You know what I'm saying. $30 to the band, $30 to Ticketmaster, and a $30 convenience fee that goes into the fucking ether and gets lit on fire? Yeah. Fuck, man. Come no, on. No, I feel you. There's it, my rant. My rant's over. I'm going to listen to that, though, because I want to see what Billy Corgan has to say for himself now. It's days. really cool. It goes into his childhood. I don't hate Joe Rogan, so. Yeah. Uh, He's sometimes cool. He'll, what? But I'll, I'll listen to him. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's entertaining, and... You know, just the whole idea. I mean, I don't know if you've ever done like a float tank or. No, I'd um, love to do that. I'm, I've been. Uh, that's that's, that's a I'm very like, LA thing, and I haven't yeah. done. It. Damn, blowing up here. I'll turn my phone off. Um, that's definitely. There's one actually in Deep Elm. There's a cryotherapy and float tank that yeah. I'm definitely gonna try because supposedly all that's good for anxiety and depression. Yeah, man. I mean, that you're you're. It's the void. Yeah. Yeah. It's a void. I got a friend that does that a lot. His buddy Jeff does that. And it's helped him out a lot. Big time. Got him sober. Really? Yeah. Yeah, man. He had a big drinking problem and didn't know how to fix it. And I think he talked to somebody and he went into the tank and came out and wasn't drinking no more. Wow. Yeah, man. Because, I mean, even going going into the tank is extremely... Hey, can you ready? Get the real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready? Yeah, uh, the TM had some questions for you. Okay. I'm not sure what it's for. Set up. Okay. Whatever. Anyways, thanks. I'll be right there in like two minutes. I gotta wrap up. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap. I want to thank you, Josh. Yeah, brother. Thanks thank for talking to me. Thank you for your time and um, looking forward to the show. Thanks, man. Check out Telephone Tel Aviv everywhere. And um, can't wait to check out the show and see you come back. Thanks, bud. Thank you.